Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today, our featured guest is Jason Stoll, and our topic is being single. Why am I still single? What, what's wrong with me? And uh, Jason, I just want to welcome you to the show here. And before we get into the topic, um, you know, just so the listeners can kind of connect with you, maybe share something that uh, about you that maybe doesn't paint you in the best light or make you look good, but uh, something very few people know about you, just being really human. Well, good morning, Joseph. Thanks for uh, having me on the podcast. Gee, I don't really know what... Uh what that would be but uh, I guess I, I grew up in uh, in Generation X and uh, a lot of my cousins were they married their high school or college sweetheart they've been married the oldest ones have been married 20 to 25 years they had several kids that are already in college and here I am at 45 still single okay so you're jumping right into the topic uh, yes which is great I like it you're leading this conversation. Before we go there, first off, um, I'd like to enroll you in the possibility of God transforming the life of one of our amazing listeners. And, you know, really through our conversation today, right? God can use us um, to speak to somebody sitting in their car somewhere, you know, anywhere really. And uh, our conversation can um, bring out something in them that maybe they've been wrestling with and maybe give them some clarity and uh, awareness and a choice, some freedom there, um, hence the transformation. So in order to do that, you and I must go deep into the awkward and uncomfortable moments that come up in a conversation sometimes uh, and, and not be afraid to show our humanity, right? So that's what I'm asking of you today. So I believe this is what God wants from us. Can I enroll you in that possibility today? Yes, you can. All right, awesome. So with that, let's segue back to... Uh, jumping into the conversation, right? So, uh, are you comfortable sharing your age? I don't know sure. If you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 45. Okay, so you're 45. So what I heard you say is that, you know, many of the the guys you grew up with, they've moved on with their life, right? They're married. They're having kids. You're probably seeing it on Facebook and other social media, and they're posting their pictures of their kids and birthdays and all this other these other types of uh, life events, and what shows up for you when you like, say you're on social media, I'm not sure what social media you're on, but uh, when you're on there and you see the pictures of them uh, and their life moving forward, so to speak, following that natural path of a guy. Uh, I mean, at this point in my life, I'm totally cool and comfortable and happy with it. Uh, a lot of my fam- family members, they're not necessarily on Facebook or doing the social media thing. Or if they do, they're not posting like with their kids because the kids were already like grown up. Okay. You no, know, they're already in high school and college and they're at the age where, oh, well, no parents aren't cool. So they're doing their own thing. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. But uh, no, at this point in my life, yeah, I'm, I'm at peace with that. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy that they're at their place in life that okay. they're at. So what I'm hearing you say is that them kind of winning in life or succeeding in in that area of life uh, it doesn't bring up any insecurity in you or comparison even really to your life separate and distinct is that correct yeah I would say for like 99% of the time yes that is correct once in a while my little voice might say geez why yeah why am I still single in my mid 40s or you know geez they've been married 10 15 years and I'm not but uh, it passes pretty quickly for me now. Okay. Was there a point in your life where it didn't pass quickly for you? Oh, yeah. I would say in my, my 20s, probably into my 30s as well. Um, 
yeah, I always felt like to me that my 20s were like a extremely confusing, awkward time in my life. Like supposedly, you know, I'm an adult, but I have no clue what I'm doing. I have no clue where I'm going in the world. I have no clue where I, what do I stand for? Where do I want to go? And, and just kind of realizing that, uh, you know, I come from a pretty strong background of, with my family and my extended family. And just, you know, getting out in the college in the real world and, and seeing that, wow, a lot of other people, they're just not like that. You know, like integrity, hardworking, doing what they say they're going to do. Mm. Attitude is much more lax. Well, you know, it is what it is. Oh, well, didn't happen. And that kind of uh, that kind of surprised me and threw me for a loop. And so relaying that to, to um, I guess, to family is uh, or being single I guess there was a norm that yeah most people will get married in their their 20s a lot of them get married to their high school or college sweetheart and you know that's when you start a family and that's just well that's the way life is and if not well there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. so when you that thought occurred to you hey, there might be something wrong with me. What showed up then? Like, what were you wrestling with? Am I, well, am I attractive enough? Am I smart enough? Am I charming enough? Am I funny enough? I guess the usual things that would show up for someone at that age. Yeah. So you were in your mid-20s about that, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I would say mid-20s. Let me ask you this. Uh, lots of guys in their early to mid-20s don't have their themselves figured out yet. Were you at a place where you kind of had a sense of who you were? You had a strong identity in yourself? Um, or were you like the typical guy that was kind of like trying to figure himself out and going, I don't even get this. Like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Where am I headed? And kind of coming at that comparison of others from that place of lacking your own identity? I would definitely say I was lacking my own identity. Um, it's like my identity was almost being focused on just like career-wise. From from childhood, okay, go to, go to college, get a degree for something so you can get a job and start paying your way in life. Mm-hmm. And so I'd kind of focused on that just to get that part uh, accomplished but that didn't really end up being too meaningful either I always felt like uh, kind of floundering around even though I kind of felt I was getting into my flow where I got into process improvement Lean Six Sigma which is somehow I got into that because I'm I have a natural wiring for some of that it still was not like necessarily fulfilling what do you um, think was missing I was mean I would say meaning purpose and, and direction you know what's uh, I always felt like what uh, what would make me great how do you mean that what would make you great because that could be several things right what yeah I would you I guess I always feel like you know, recognition should always come when you've like done something of meaning or value, not just because you posted a YouTube video that got a, a million views. I get that. So could you give an example, something that would be of meaning or value to you, whether or not you ever accomplished it? Um, well, I would say a successful business that achieves X amount of whatever. And working towards that and, and, and getting to that point where, where I'm not saying, hey, look at me, look at me, look what I've accomplished. Others are saying, wow, I can't believe what you've accomplished. Hmm. So, some, so some external validation. Okay. And I think you're really touching on a good subject here, especially for us men, right? Because many of us, uh, we search 
early on for our identity in our occupation. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Right? So we, we haven't figured it out ourselves yet. So what I do must be who I am. So we start searching to be uh, a better doer, a better performer to achieve, to accomplish. Because when others affirm us, well, that gives us a sense of, okay, this is who I am. I'm showing up in the world. Um, and I, I think that could be, you know, hey, I did it, right? I did it early on. But it, it could be a very empty pursuit uh, because we never take the time really to get to know us outside of our business, right? Hearing that, what's showing up for you right now, even present day? Well, for me, I, I still, I still want that sense of accomplishment for myself for, and for my business. So that can provide some sort of a meaning and purpose in life. But then, okay, what, what can I do beyond that? Um, when I have that success, okay, so that I can uh, give that, to, so I can uh, give to others and serve them. But then, if we're going back to if I'm getting back to the topic of being single, um, not so much trying to avoid going out and working towards looking for the one. It's more a matter of just going, doing your thing, doing the things that you love and pursue and kind of light you up in some way, and that will attract others to you so I've had to really I've had to really work my muscles that, that type of muscle in that respect to focus on that and it's not always easy especially when you get in the world, uh, caught up in the world of online online apps or social media where you, know, you can just sit there for hours and scroll through profiles and make a judgment in about a half a second whether you think you're attracted to someone or not. And Okay, swipe left or swipe right. Okay, Jason, what's your favorite somewhere. uh dating app? Obviously you brought this up, so well, let's the, go there. The only one that I'm on right now is Bumble. I have not tried any other ones. Bumble. B U M B L E. Like a B. Bumblebee. <laughs> Got it. Uh how long have you been on that? Maybe a month. Okay. And are you finding success with it? Is it working? Is it not working for you? Not as much as I would like. Uh, so just for a little background, so I split up with my girlfriend probably about a year and a half ago after a four-year relationship. And so during that time, I would just not focus on women, relationships. That was just not even on my radar. And so it was only recently that I decided, well, you know, maybe it's time for me to open up those possibilities again. Mm. And so actually at your suggestion, like, all right, have you checked out Bumble? Okay, I'll give it a try. I think uh, just for all listeners out there, Jason just uh, blamed me for how I'm not Bumble blaming you for goes anything. Well, or goes bad? So absolutely <laughs> not. Okay, cool. Absolutely uh, not, Jason. If I can kind of just bring us back a little bit because something that uh, came up, um, I don't want to miss, and that is uh, you mentioned you had a girlfriend for four years, and that has recently ended. May I ask, what was the biggest reason, in your opinion, why that ended? Because four years is a very good commitment there going, right? Sounds like there was some workability. So why why did that end? And obviously share as much as you want to share. Sure. But the more you share, the more listeners can have uh, can really connect with you. Sure. I, w- I would say there was like two or three main areas that really it kind of boiled down to. Number one is uh, love languages. So for myself, my top love language is physical touch. And number two is gifts. Okay, so for all our listeners out there who are not familiar with the term love languages, you can uh, Google five love languages. Uh, I think it's .com. And uh, this is just a quick free five-minute assessment. We're not promoting them here. We're just saying it's very useful because it tells you uh, what is the top area uh, that you express love to others and that you receive love from others. And knowing that is very important in a dating relationship or a marriage. 
and understanding the other person's top love language and how to give them what they need in order to feel loved as well as them uh, clearly getting what your love language is so that they can give you what you need in order to feel loved. And it's not coming from a needy place. It's coming from a sacrificial place. And that's what love is, right? Is uh, wanting the best for the other. So just want to point that out for the listeners. Jason, Great. please continue on love languages. Sure. So those are my love languages. And for my girlfriend, her top two were acts of service and quality time. What was your number one and two again? We got hers. Physical, physical touch and gifts. Okay. So yours is physical touch and gifts. Hus is acts of service and quality time. Correct. Okay. Could you kind of expand on what those mean? So obviously physical touch is kind of like the physical touch, the physical qualities of any relationship. Uh, kissing, hugging, hand-holding, lovemaking, etc. Got it. Gifts. It's receiving gifts or, or little little things. Physical gifts, like presents, like yeah. flowers, like those sure. types. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Acts of service is basically doing things for the other person to help them out. So, like, for example, I I took care of her dog really, really well. It was basically like my dog as well. Um, feed it, walk it, take it to the park, the, the whole bit. He slept with me half most of the time because he loved me. Um, so, in other words, making certain parts of... Her life easier for her yeah doing laundry which was wasn't very good at taking care of the lawn the pool things like that okay. chore type stuff I get that and then quality time just basically spending time together hopefully you know in a meaningful in a meaningful way okay. where there's a connection going on cool all right so tying that in um, you're bringing up the love languages so obviously you had uh, different love languages so this is what I'm hearing you say one of the top contributors to why it didn't work this relationship is that correct I, I certainly feel so um, if there's a major disconnect in those areas there's going to be I I feel it's going to occur that there's going to be a major disconnect in the relationship because one or the other person is not, not going to feel fulfilled hmm. or, you, or loved. Okay, when you say disconnect, uh, could you expand on that? Now, obviously you have opposing or you don't have the same uh, uh, <clears throat> love languages, okay? And, th- and that's fine, right? Opposites attract. That's actually a good thing. So when you say there was a disconnect, if I could just expand on that, are you saying that maybe there was a lack of willingness uh, on one party's and to uh, meet the other party's um, love language. I don't want to put sure. words in your mouth, but it, know, I mean, that. I'm sure it was. Pro- a relationship is two parties, so it goes both ways. So I'm certainly not going to absolve myself of any responsibility in that because, yeah, I'm 50 percent of that. So, but just looking from from my perspective, how I know what I can talk about is my perception of what uh, did not have workability for me anyways. And the, uh, the big one for me was was physical touch. So I, that's just kind of my personality. I definitely in, enjoy that part of a relationship. It As can, I it, think it, most it cannot, guys do. It cannot be the only part of a relationship, but yet yeah, to me it, it needs to be there. It's a must, it's like oxygen. Uh, for her, that really just, it was not there. Some of it, I think, is a, a, a cultural thing. And, and some of it, I, I think, is uh, relating from, uh, from family or childhood as well. Okay. No, no, that's fine. And I don't want to spend too much time dissecting your previous relationship by any means. However, I think there's some clues you know, that show up, right, from our past relationships. And we don't want to ignore them. We want to learn from them, right, and say, okay, what did I not get? Or what am I getting now, looking back? And I would ask you this. If you had to summarize that four-year relationship uh, in, a, I don't know, a few um, 
things that you got, a few aha moments, and mostly taking responsibility for your part in it, right? Because that's the thing, especially as, well, I wouldn't say especially as men, but uh, either gender, we do not want to take responsibility for why uh, something went wrong, right? Because we don't want to look bad. Right. So we want to blame immediately on the other person. Oh, we broke up because she was X or Y or Z. And that's the reason we broke up. When in reality, the reason why we broke up was because she did X and I responded with Y. And over time, that just it wasn't working. And I take responsibility for for me responding, responding one way. And that didn't work. Right. So what shows up for you as far as 100 percent your responsibility in that relationship or other relationships that you really are walking away from and heading into a new relationship saying, man, that's something I'm either not going to do again or as much of or that is something I need to do more of. Okay. Um, Well, number one, quickly, I would want to find out where physical touch is on this this woman's radar. Moving on to my responsibility in it, um, I would probably say a lack of quality time. And I think a lot of that is stemming from the fact that, well, for at least three of the four years we were together, I was trying to start up a business. And, and for me, that was massively stressful. And no, I probably did, I probably did not come across as someone who wanted to spend a lot of quality time with anyone. I just kind of wanted to be left alone. And so that would be a big lesson for, for me is, number one, if you're going to be in a relationship, some of the other areas of your life, you probably want to have those in order first so that you can be present and full with that person. Okay, so you're bringing up a really good point, right? And I could take different messages from this. Uh, One, I could say, okay, what I'm hearing Jason say is that I shouldn't start a meaningful relationship until I kind of have most of my life figured out, especially as a man, like my income, uh, my stability, security, what I can provide for a woman, say, in marriage, if that's where I'm headed. Is that what's being said? Is that an accurate message or are you saying something else? Uh, Partly that, but it's, uh, it's frame of mind as well so peace of mind can come in different ways but yeah for me what you just described that's where my peace of mind comes from is having that stuff figured out and i'm not worried every night is my business going to flop is it going to go under and what the hell do i do next okay and that's fair right and as a single guy that makes a lot of sense right especially choosing your next relationship uh, and knowing when to choose it what about for our listeners out there that are married right now they're in the relationship and they're starting a business, or they're in a career that is demanding of their performance, and they're coming home the same exact way, right? Feeling just, I'm done. I am done for the day. I just wanna lay around, veg out, and have me time. And honestly, I don't wanna hear all about her day, and all the kids, and the problems, and the issues that are so petty to me, or drama to me. I just want my man cave. What do you want to say to those guys? Because there's a lot of us out there. I would say you really need to take a, a hard look and assess assess your life, especially your your career, your job, and say to yourself, look in the mirror is what I get out of this professionally or financially is that far outweighing the costs of what is it, how is it affecting my, my family, my relationship with my kids, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my parents and, and everyone else. And yeah, is that, is it working or is it not? And if it's not, Start to explore some conversations and possibilities of what needs to be done to make it work. What if you can't come up with what needs to be done? How do you prioritize that? Because as men, we're wired to perform, to provide. However, some of us find ourselves in a relationship, a marriage, 
where that's our number one priority under the eyes of God, that I married this woman. I just had babies and created new life with this woman. However, I have to provide for this woman and these children. And in order to do so, I think I have to work 80 hours, 60 hours, 100 hours a week, which leaves me exhausted and spent. And I'm just human. I'm just a guy. And I have my needs. Like what shows up there for you? Because I know there's probably a few of your buddies that are coming to mind right now, as there are for me. Uh, well, it's really tough to say for me because I've never been married. I've never had kids, so I, I can't speak firsthand from that experience. Um, I guess I would suggest that at the very least look to find some balance because it seems to me it would seem to occur that there there's some kind of imbalance going on where the work and the professional part is far outweighing the family part and that needs to be brought brought back into equilibrium to maybe get some semblance of workability i get that now what if it's one of those really difficult decisions where i need to provide for my family however the business i find myself in demands this this is what i have to put in right now and unfortunately it's at the sacrifice of time with my family what do you recommend in that situation? Because that's a very, very real situation. I guess the next thought process that would come to mind for me is assessing how much longer does this level of performance need to occur for? And number two, ask yourself, am I willing to do that? Yeah. So if a man is in that dilemma, okay, what do I do as far as my uh, career and, and performance is really demanding and I'm kind of ignoring my, my family and my wife, well, I think uh, the man and the wife probably need to sit together and really pray about, you know, what do they, what do they, what do they want to do or what is God calling them to do or asking them to do to give some guidance. Is it going to be a short-term thing where they just, okay, we suck it up and we grunt it out and, okay, we push through to the finish line and we and things can maybe be a little more normal? Maybe that's one decision you can make. Okay, I can, I can do that for X amount of time. Maybe it's a week or two. Maybe it's six months, whatever the case. If it's longer term, two, three, five years, you really got to take a hard look is... Is this worth for the, the toll it may place on my, my family? Yeah, because it could break the marriage, right? Absolutely. And if, you're, if your marriage is good, no amount of money or career recognition or acknowledgement is worth that. It's just not. Hmm. You know, I, I wonder how many guys would be like, Jason, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, my job is very important to me. And I do need that recognition and I want to be something and, and do something. And I, I got big goals and big ambitions. And honestly, she, my wife, she's just got to deal with it. She's got to put up with it and suck it up, buttercup. So I, I have to ask, so again, I've never been married, so I can't say it, but I got to ask you back. How important is your wife to you? You're making it sound like a second class citizen and uh, an afterthought. And that's certainly not what God wants for any relationship. Why do you got to get real, Jason? That's real talk right there. I love it. Yeah. You know, and I think that it ties in. It's like, where is God in my life? Right? Is God in my life? And I think for some of our listeners that maybe are not Catholic or they're recovering Catholics or they're just um, maybe God isn't even present. Right in their life and I've had times in my life obviously where I just rebelled fully turned my back on God and uh, just looked at my situation and I'm going to do this without him and that was a very dangerous game I played for sure and what I found out is that doing those things and I was an ambitious mofo 
you know, at 19 years old, I'm working 110 hours a week. I was hustling, right? I was an entrepreneur that hustled and you could not stop me and you could not tell me different. Now, granted, I wasn't married. I didn't have the kids or the family and everything like that. However, I just bring up this point because I was my own God. I was out to serve and worship Joseph. And what I found years later is that all that serving and worshiping of myself left me in a place of total depression, complete unhappiness, complete unworkability, uh, just a life that was empty and meaningless. And I know you touched on meaning before. And now I find myself in a position where God is super important in my life. I still mess up, right? We're all broken Catholics, non-Catholics, Christians. Um, however, you know, having God as the compass really keeps me on track with the priorities and I still fall off, right? Just like a lot of us do. Uh, however, it gets me right back on, you know, pointing in the right direction. And I think that's very important. So I would definitely challenge some of us out there is, you know, where's God in your life? How much of a priority is God? Because if God's not your priority, people will not be your priority. And I think that's what you're speaking about, Jason. Sure. If I may just uh, piggyback just from uh, some of the things that were talked about at, at Bible study this morning. Um, where the lecturer was talking about uh, like the Tower of Babel and people were trying to make a name for themselves. Me, me, me. They're trying to be kind of trying to be like God. Versus conversely, I think it was for Abraham where God said, I will make a name for you or of you. So what does that mean in, in today's present day, right? It's easy to look at those concepts uh, from scripture. What does that mean today? Is I mean, I don't go out and bust my butt and to make a name for myself and to, to be great and to hit my goals? No, I, I think that still is required. I, I think it will have more meaning and purpose and impact if you're applying that goal towards maybe something other than yourself or just your own personal gain. Um, maybe it's working towards uh, a charity of some kind or giving away a part of your income to the church or whatever whatever other uh, institution you may find is helping others or creating your own nonprofit to to help others from as a result of the success that you've had so it's being able to help others win as well and not just yourself and that's just uh I think, I think as men, that's just a natural thing that we're, we're conflicted with because we're competitive and, and we want to win. And to have the mindset of helping others win or everyone wins, yeah, that can be, that can be pretty foreign sometimes. And to, to exercise that muscle, man, that takes a lot of work. I get that. So I'm going to bring us back here to our topic, right? Because we were just speaking about marriage and that's not really our topic today, right? Uh, so this is this podcast, uh, the show is really for all our single people out there like myself, like yourself, uh, you know, who find ourselves at a certain age and questioning, why am I not married? Why am I still single? What's wrong with me? And I just want to go there for a second, right, Jason? Because that's kind of how we started this is what shows up for you? Like, why are you not married? Like, if you had to be completely honest with yourself, if you were not you and you were looking at you and what would show up for you where, where you say, this is why you're not married? I, I would say because I'm, I don't put myself out there enough. There's probably still some insecurities there that I'm still not good enough. I'm still not attractive enough. I'm not successful enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not smart, uh, funny enough, whatever. Um, and uh, just, and then being more, I guess, more self-expressed where I'm more comfortable in just uh, expressing myself to others, whatever that may be. And 
being more more comfortable with that not necessarily like in a defiant way like no i don't care but it's more like okay i'm just i'm kind of comfortable with who i am and then you know this is who i am and and also i think you know being present more in what's happening now as opposed to uh in my head and thinking about the the little voice that's always running in well she may not like you or blah 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 whatever just kind of uh, working to recognize or being aware that that voice is going on and saying oh this is what's going on it's my little it voice it's not me and choose differently choose to try to be and act differently i think you're touching on some really good stuff here and for whatever reason your little voice in your head sounds very similar to my little voice in my head and i'm guessing to some of our listeners so let's go there for a second if you would what are some of the things that your little voice in your head likes to say to you repeatedly when you're about to put yourself out there or take a chance or go say hi to that attractive girl across the room. Oh, what could she possibly see in me? Um, this 45-year-old guy that's not nearly as athletic-looking as he used to be. I mean, I'm not, like, in super bad shape, but, yeah, I, my gut's bigger than I would like it to be. Um, I don't mind the gray hair. I mean... That that is what it is. That I'm totally comfortable with that. But yeah, just kind of like physical appearance. That's that's probably an ego or a pride thing. But uh, yeah, it's probably not been enough of a priority to get to to where I want it to be. Um, as far as finances or a career, I, I think I'm getting better on that. Just because I have some some goals and ambitions for myself that have me excited again. And have me kind of a little bit of a fire under me to put those into reality. So, so that helps. I can roll and roll and share that with others, and they're like, "Wow, that's freaking cool." Tell me more about that. I like where you just went there, right, Jason? Because I think that's a big misnomer with guys. Uh, we tend to think that it's all about where I am in life that a girl really that matters to a girl and what i've learned in my own personal experience is that girl really doesn't care where you're you are in life if she likes you what she cares about is where you're going and where she'll follow and if you don't have a plan of where you're going that drive that ambition that you can articulate or put into simple words this is where i'm gonna be in two years here's my goals here's where i'm going hey i may not be there right now but I'm hustling, I'm working. If she doesn't see a future with you or see your future because you don't <laughs> share that you even have a future or what it looks like, there's no workability there, right? And that's the last thing a girl wants is a, a guy that is not driven, right? So you could be the most confident guy out there, but if you got no plans for the future and you can't say it, she'll put up with it for a little while, especially if you're like, you're really charming, good looking fit, whatever. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just want to share that for yourself and for some of our listeners is when you show up in a room and you can articulate, here's where I'm headed. I may not be there, but here's where I'm headed. And they could see you're coming from an authentic place, man, you're open to almost any girl in that room. They'll be attracted to that. So I just kind of put that out there. What shows up for you there and what, what I just shared there? Well, at first off, it was just more sharing sharing uh what you're doing in life and, and hopefully because it's lighting lighting you up that enthusiasm and positivity and subsequent confidence that just kind of automatically radiates to others so that they I, can kind of see sense and feel it so that's what you meant by enrolling others like in your vision yeah, not necessarily that they want to participate in it or, hey, I want to have a license for your business, but just like, wow, that, that's just really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's hard to uh, not be attracted to someone who's lit up about life and where they're headed, isn't it? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But yeah, it's it can be difficult for men at all stages of life. 
to know what their plan is. Yeah. Both from a career standpoint or a spiritual standpoint. I get that. So, Jason, I'm going to jump ship here, okay? We're going to jump onto the the ship that's passing by, right? And and I'm not sure how we're going to do with this because it's a ship we've never been on before, okay? So, we're on the guy ship right now. Let's jump onto the, the girl ship passing by. And what I mean by that, again, for all our female listeners out there who are asking, why am I still single? What's wrong with me? From a guy's perspective, looking at the single women in your life that you may know, whatever age, they could be in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, what shows up for you there as to why they may still be single? And again, let's not do any... Man, well, I know exactly why she's, she's still single, but let's, let's just be real about it, right? What shows up? Like if you were talking to your sister and she's still single and she's 40, you know, what would you say? Like what's showing up? What do you see? Well, it's a really good question. I'm kind of blanking out right now on that. Um, at least for what I observe or occurs for me, a lot of maybe single women say like late 30s, early 40s, mid 40s, they may have already been through a marriage and are now divorced and they might have some kids. So this is kind of like version 2.0 for them. Um, And obviously with the divorce rates these days, this is very, very, very common. Um, So I would, I guess for them, you know, it's, it's a second chance at maybe finding true love if that's what they want or maybe they're over that and maybe they just want to expand their world and meet some some more friends or have some guy friends around to provide that perspective for them. Okay. You just brought up a very touchy little topic, which is true love. Do you really believe in true love? And if so, have you ever experienced it? And if not, why does that come off your lips? True love. I'd like to believe it does exist. I don't know if I've experienced that. Certainly not where maybe two people have experienced it together. But yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. Well, it's kind of like Santa Claus. You either believe in Santa Claus or you don't. So do I believe in true love? Yes. Now I have so, to ask, do you believe in Santa Claus too, Jason? Yes, I do. Okay. He was up on my roof when I was seven years old, and I heard the bump on the roof. So, yes, he's real. <laughs> <laughs> and for all our listeners out there who believe in unicorns, we're fans. <laughs> okay, so, you know, I go to True Love for a second because I think that comes up. Deep down, there's a, uh, there's a wanting in our hearts. There's a hoping that True Love does exist. And some of us, we've just, we've suffered. We've suffered a lot in relationships, right? We're broken. And we've done a lot of breaking ourselves. We've broke others. We've hurt them, right? We've left wounds and scars and a trail of wreckage behind us in relationships. And sometimes we're part of the wreckage that others left behind them. And I know I could speak from a very real place uh, for myself here that I've done that. I've definitely been uh, guilty of that. I've also been victim of that. And not from a feeling bad for myself place, but it's just life, we're humans. Uh, I tend to start relationships now with letting a girl know, hey, there's gonna be times where we're gonna hurt each other. And at first they're like, <laughs> kind of lean back, what do you mean? You're saying you're gonna hurt me? And I go, absolutely, 100%. It won't be my intention. I'm not malicious. My heart's not there. Um, but I'm human. And there's going to be times I disappoint you, frustrate you, and you're either going to be hurt by it or you're going to take something that wasn't meant as hurtful and you're going to hurt yourself with it just from stuff from your past and your experience. Either way, you're going to hurt me. I'm going to hurt you. We're going to wound each other. And the question is, can we get past it? Can we forgive quickly and move forward? And if so, there's workability in that relationship. If we can't, there's no workability. There's unworkability. And we want to move forward with another person. What shows up for you there? 
Well, I would say that's <clears throat> so good insights there. So there's there's workability between two people. You know, do they do they want to choose to work things out depending on what the issue is? And then number two, there's your own radar of workability in terms of well, am I is this something I'm willing to compromise on or not compromise on, but is this a major issue or is it a minor issue? If it's a major issue, maybe it's a deal breaker. Give me an example. <clears throat> uh, for me, I guess a major issue would be smoking. So, okay, like a smoker, I mean, besides like having an occasional cigar, that's that's a complete deal breaker. I, I will not have that, a, a girl with a relationship that in my life. Um, something minor. For example, uh, maybe like workout styles. I would still want someone who's like into fitness, but maybe they do something different than me. Maybe running or jogging or CrossFit as opposed to doing like regular weights at a gym. But they're still doing something that has uh, you know some level of a physical activity for them. Um, what else? I'm sure we can all come up with like little examples of those little things that it might annoy us, but in the grand scheme of life, I have bigger fish to fry. I have bigger things to worry about. This is not something I'm going to waste energy on. So for you listening in right now, I think Jason's bringing up a very good point here is in your existing relationship that you're in right now or your past relationships looking back or your future relationships that you're about to start what do you stand for and what will you not stand for in other words that term what are your deal breakers and I think having a really good assessment of yourself and knowing what works for you and what doesn't work for you uh, is is critical to to being good in a relationship and, and again, having it work is like for a deal breaker for me uh, is, and I'm going to go here for a second. And for all you ladies out there, if, if this describes you, again, there's no disrespect here. It just doesn't work for me personally. And that would be, uh, you know, a girl that does not have a, uh, a good relationship with her father, with her dad. Uh, and that doesn't mean she didn't have a, a bad relationship that didn't work back in the past. But somehow she's learned to heal that and to forgive and, and move forward. And there's all so many different reasons why, why that could happen, right? There could have been bad stuff, right? Trauma. There could have been um, where your dad broke your trust or your dad abandoned you or all these other things. And I've dated a lot of these girls uh, that have that. And God bless them, man. That sucks that they had to go through that. However, uh, knowing that until the, that relationship is healed with your dad, you're going to project that image of your human dad onto me and on all future guys that you date and all the past guys that you date. And it's not your fault. It's just part of being human. It's what you know. So if that man that you looked up to as your Superman when you were a little girl, betrayed you, abandoned you, or broke your trust? How is any other man ever going to compete with that? They can't. There's nothing I can do to heal that, that wound, right? So that's a wound you have to go and face, and you gotta face the darkness, and if your dad's still alive, you need to heal that wound. And again, this will be another topic we discuss on future podcasts, but um, so many of us, and it's the same thing for guys. If you have mom wounds, right, with your mother, um, it's going to affect every relationship with the girls we date. Every single one. And that has shown up for me in my life, man, and I've had a lot of mom wounds. Amen to that. You too, yeah. And, you know, that's affected all the, the girls that I've dated. And there was nothing they could do to win my love. Nothing. Because I didn't feel love from my mom. And that's happened when I was a little boy but now I'm a grown ass man 
and I'm still running that record player in my, my mind and sabotaging and pushing away every girl that tries to get close to me. At least I was. I've since transformed. And understanding that about myself, that my tendency is that. You know, what's yours? What's your tendency where are there healed relationships with your mom or dad? Or there are there still wounds there that have not been healed and forgiven? And if they are, until you go and face them, you will never have successful relationships with the opposite sex. You just won't. And that's just the cold, hard truth. That's been very real in my life. Jason, I'm guessing. Yeah, I would say there's probably truth to that. Yeah. And for all my friends, I see it in them. For all my female friends, same thing. You know, so I'm speaking from a very real place here. So those wounds of our past really affect us. And sometimes that's why we're still single. I know for me, that's why I'm still single. At least up to now. I actually feel ready for the first time in my life, Jason, for a healthy relationship. One that will lead to marriage. For the first time in my darn life. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's also despicable. <laughs> it's like, what? Why did it take so long? However, it's not my fault. I was a kid. I got hurt. You know, I didn't know this stuff was going on. I had all these blind spots, right? Things I didn't know, I didn't know. But now I know them. And now it's time to, to heal them and to correct them. But this is why I'm still single. Uh, the other reason why I'm still single, and I don't know if this applies to you out there listening, is I'm very selective now. Right? Because I'm choosing the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. Because I do believe in marriage like you do, Jason. And I do believe in true love. Now, this, some of my friends argue, Joseph, you can have many true loves. You can have many perfect fits or soulmates. What are your thoughts on that, Jason? I, uh, so I, I would agree with that as well. I, I'm, I think true love can show up in, in, in different ways. Um, to, just to piggyback on, on what you said about marriage, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm still gonna be selective because, frankly, divorce is not an option. I'm gonna get married, and that's till death do us part. Does that mean if she kills you or you kill her? Well, I don't think we'll go there, but uh, yeah, that's uh, so that brings a, a different. Uh, Perspective and, and uh, selection criteria to the equation as well. If you you know truly believe in that uh, that sacrament, that you take it pretty darn seriously. Whereas maybe in my past it might not have as occurred as seriously as that in just kind of following societal norms. Oh well, if it doesn't work out, you know I'll I'll get divorced and move on to the next person. I I take that more seriously now. I get that, Jason. I think that's really good advice for all of us out there. And it's like I've seen many of my friends, my guy friends, that married because they wanted companionship. And this girl was, well, she was good enough, you know? So they settled into it. And unfortunately, their marriages didn't work out because they didn't wait. They didn't wait for the one where there was workability there. They didn't wait for the one that God had chosen for them, that created just for them. They didn't wait for her. Um, because they were felt alone, lonely. And I get that. Man, it sucks. <laughs> There's days it sucks, right, being single. It's lonely. You get that. Um, however, man, I'd rather be lonely, Jason, than be in a marriage that doesn't work. Hands Any down. Day. Any day. Yeah, I see so many of my friends, man. They're miserable. Even the ones that are pushing through, right, because they, they don't believe in divorce. And they're in marriages that aren't working. Now, here, the good part is that they could make it work, but they're going to have to, like, double up. they got to buckle down, right? they got to put on their big boy pants, and she's got to put on her big girl pants, and they need to say, okay, this isn't working. That's the first thing. Acknowledge it's not working. And then the second thing is create that vision. What are those new possibilities we want to create for ourselves as a couple? What does that workability look like? And then commit. And hold each other accountable, yeah? Yeah, so Jason, with that, we're going to kind of wrap this up, right? Because we've been going strong for 55 minutes. Did you even think wow. we had that much to talk about, brother? 
No, honestly, I, I did not. But that's that's pretty cool. Isn't it? You know, because we're discussing real world things and ideas that we all experience as humans. Okay, so Jason, I wrap up every show with this. And obviously, this is one of our first uh, shows. So we're still working this out. Yeah. Uh, so I really appreciate your candor on this. Um, I hope, I really hope and I pray that uh, God has opened up the heart of one of our listeners today and transformed that heart, maybe give them awareness on something they need to do to go transform their lives. And the biggest thing is to get back with God if they're not close with him, you know, and have that relationship because you can't have a successful relationship with another human being until you have a successful relationship with your father in heaven. And I think that's just what it comes down to. Right? You have to recognize your identity as a son or a daughter of the Father. Once you get that, man, you can be awesome in a relationship with someone else. Until you yep. get that, you're just a broken old mess like me. Right? So, Jason, we're about to head into the confession round. So I'm going to ask you 12 quick-fire questions, and you'll have three seconds to answer each. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this, brother. Jason, what's your favorite thing about being an adult? Freedom. Jason, what's your least favorite thing about being an adult? Responsibility. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Uh, what secret fear do you have about people? That they hate me. If you could be anyone, who would you want to trade places with for the next seven days? A real person we're talking about here. Sure, or it could be a avatar, or it could be a unicorn. I don't care. My superhero is like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Man, he wrecks stuff. <laughs> uh, what do you, What do you wish you were better at? I'll expressing myself. What dream are you scared of pursuing? Ooh, singing. What makes you smile more than anything? Family. Jason, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Probably a firefighter or a policeman, if we're talking like little kid. And if you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world, what would it be? Just oppression. Imagine, Jason, sometime in the distant future, and there you are, standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. You realize, Jason, he always tried his best, he always gave his best. And he was of integrity. Integrity. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? Um, I love and accept you in spite of your brokenness. I get that. And last question. Jason, if you could come back to life and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice about life, about love, about whatever, what would you say to them? The only thing that matters in life is following your heart. Jason, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you should they choose? I will give my personal email. It is Jason R. Stoll. That's J-A-S-O-N-R-S-T-O-L-L at gmail.com. Jason, thanks for joining us today, and we wish you the forgiveness, authority, and blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother.
Appreciate you. Bye. Friends, head over to brokencatholic.com for even more tools, tactics, and wisdom that you can use to transform your life and become the best version of yourself. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and remember that God the Father loves you more than anyone else ever can. And he is waiting to show you his awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with him and find out what he has for you. I will speak with you guys uh, on the next show. Look forward to it. Have a blessed day.